Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This is Kelly Dean, and um, we are doing a little bit different take today. Instead of me interviewing somebody, my friend, and probably somebody you guys know, Beth Learn, is going to actually interview me. We are starting a series about embracing the new, and specifically because I am turning 50 this month. And so, we're just taking some time to talk about what that transition looks like and what it could look like for you when you kind of hit some of those milestones and what that would look like. So anyway, I asked Beth to think about some questions that she may want to ask me. And um, so she agreed to do so. Hi, Beth. Hi. Thanks for having me. Or should well, I say thanks me. for having you since I'm the one doing the questions? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for being here. How about that? Yes. Well, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit so people know, that don't maybe know who you are can understand who you are and what you do and what our connection is. Okay. I am the founder of fit to be and Kelly and I met when I saw one of her clients post a testimonial on Facebook like 10 years ago. And this was somebody who had been pretty much bedridden, um, severely overweight, terrible back pain, living on Vicodin. And then posted her before and after pictures of going through um, Kelly's six-week program at the time. And I was like, whoa, that's a huge difference in her core. And she's no longer living on painkillers. Wow. So then I clicked the link and lost three hours of my life. No, gained three hours of my life uh, <laughs> poking around on Kelly's website and realizing there was a lot of missing pieces to what I'd been taught in my degree in exercise and sports science. And so I reached out to Kelly, I think that same night, sent her a contact form through her website and said, Hey, um, listen, <laughs> I need some more information. I need to connect with you. Can we have coffee? Cause I realized she was local. That's a great thing. We're like a half hour away from each other. And yeah. so we, we met at Ikea of all places and shut that place down that night. And it was like instant friendship. I was just telling my husband the other day, how it, the rest was history. Like we connected on several levels, our education, our experience with working with women, our passion for helping women, even our faith and stuff like that, it all lines up. And so we began spending time and collaborating on things. Um, I had this online fitness site. I was encouraging her to take more of her stuff online. She was trying to get a clinic started at the time. And uh, we just have been supporting each other and cheering for each other and coming alongside each other for 10 years now, I think. So I think over 10 years, I think over 10 years, because yeah. I knew you before I turned 40. Oh. Right? Because turning 40 was like kind of a big deal. And I knew you before that. And I'm about to turn 50. So maybe 11 yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. Time flies, right? It does. <laughs> it does. So what would you say are 
uh, like the biggest differences you've noticed in your body comparing 40 to 50? Uh, like, is it really that different? Do I need to be worried? I'm currently 42. I don't think you need to be worried. I cannot believe you're only 40. Not like you, I think you're older than that, but like I, well, I guess I can't believe I'm 50. I'm eight years older than you is what I think. Like I know, sometimes like when like I. Twins, sisters from another mother, however they yes, say Yes. I think when I, when I, I have a, I'm the oldest of a lot of my friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I always feel like when I find out how old they are, I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I so much older than everybody? Um, <laughs> because I'm young at heart, maybe. That's right. Um, or immature. One of the other. <laughs> no. no, not that. Um, so, you know, one of the things about turning 40 that was really pivotal for me was that in my healing journey was a turning point because I, I started on this healing journey when I was about 38 and a half. And so I was just getting myself, my real self back, like really mm -hmm. feeling who I was at my core, not to be late cliche, but really connecting to my body and feeling confident. And there was this real realization of how much I had stopped being me and how much I had put on the back burner and how much I had let fear keep me from doing things, fear of getting hurt, fear of falling apart, fear of wetting my pants, fear of looking silly, fear of, um, you know, just all kinds of things keep me from doing things that were naturally my kind of adventurous self. Um, mm -hmm. I remember that you did your fearless forties. That was your yeah theme mantra, your, your goal mm -hmm. statement going into your forties. And I, I remember thinking, wow, that's kind of cool. Hmm. And because I, I was really, I was really afraid of a lot of things. And so I started being very intentional at that time about things that I kind of wanted to do. And my first instinct would be, oh, I'm not going to do that. I would say mm -hmm. like, how, how, what would I need to do to be able to do that? Like, how could I break this down? So eventually I could be able to do that. And that actually shifted a lot of things in how I work, you know, mm -hmm. about like, what are other things that people want to do that they think are impossible? How can we break this down into components, work on the components, put the components back together and get people yep. back to doing what they're wanting to do. So all that to say, 40 was a light bulb moment for me to like kind of take an inventory and really decide how I was going to move forward. Because I think sometimes we think at, as women, 40, oh my gosh, that's so old. My life is kind of going down <laughs> from now. But it really, it really took off. Wow. There was a trajectory that happened at 40. Mm -hmm. um, what's different about 50 is, I don't know how to say this tactfully as much as I do not care <laughs> about what other people think anymore, um, which is a big thing because I do care what people think a lot of times. Um, not in like, I wouldn't say like I'm an obsessive people pleaser, but I uh, I really take, I'm really. Growing up to the, you, you value aware. the insights of other people, but yes. you no longer let it impact you as much as it might have in your younger years. Exactly. Exactly. And I think in my body specifically, and, and I have you to thank for this to some extent, because last year I turned 49 and you asked me to be part of that um, perimetopausal course. Yeah. Um, and that, that shifted my head to start thinking because 
I work a lot with younger women um, that are having babies. And that right. shifted my my mindset to think, oh, this is actually me. I am perimenopausal. I'm actually almost <laughs> menopausal. Um, and so like it shifted my mind to think, okay, what do we need to be doing now? And mm-hmm. I made some goals over this last year up to turning 50 of things that I wanted to do to feel really good going into this next season. I didn't want to like limp across the 50 year old birthday. And I have to say 2020 didn't help me any because I gained a lot of weight that year. I dealt with a lot of stress. um, And I did not go into last January looking looking my best. I don't think any of us did. I don't think any of us did. It's been rough all around. And, um, and, and it, I felt like I was carrying the weight of the world a little bit. And I think everybody can relate to that. You know, the weight of all the crap that's going on is heavy and it kind of pushed down on me some. And I really made, I made it, I made some goals of how I wanted to stand, walk into turning 50 in a whole different way. And so I don't know. I don't think that really answered your question. No, it did. Um, I think it I think it speaks to the transformation. And perhaps when we're younger, I know I did this. You see these big birthday numbers as these milestones that when we're younger seem to represent endings. But as I've hit the 40 milestone, that's the one I can speak to. To me, it's become a beginning. It's like absolutely. you said, it's this point of realizing, okay, I've I've actually passed a bunch of milestones. And look, I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm actually doing okay. And what am I going to do with the next 40 years? And what matters and what doesn't matter? Like you said, suddenly the opinions of people, while those closest to you matter a decent amount, um, you become a little less sensitive Mm -hmm. and a little bit more goal-oriented. And Mm -hmm. life somehow becomes a bit more precious. And, And like you mentioned, the that was the bits, bones, and booties, um, proactive perimenopause, that whole launch that we did in early January, 2021. Um, and you know, you spoke on the importance of still doing rehab. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of women are like, ah, I've, I've already fallen apart. It's just downhill from here. Mm-hmm. And then you have this other group of women that says, no, I'm, I'm going to put my body back together now. Now that my kids are older, I'm going to do never this. Too now. Late. Yeah. Never too but, late. Yeah. It's never too late. Um, so that that particular conference and course, it's been so neat to watch what people have taken from it because it really did highlight how your life is not over. No. And there is so much to be done, but there's very specific things to do. And that's that's actually nice because when you're younger, your focus is totally different. Yeah. And I'm sure you're experiencing well, that again now. I think like you you're, take you're, things for granted. I think you think take certain things for granted oh, yeah. and you make assumptions about other things of how things are going to be. Um, I honestly, I, in some ways, I I feel stronger at 50 Mm -hmm. than I did at 40. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's because I'm choosing the the right things to focus Mm -hmm. my energy on. Yeah, I wouldn't say I, I, I fully admit this all the time. I'm not a runner. I don't jump. I don't do high <laughs> impact stuff. I do a little bit. Um, because yeah, I me neither. There's, there's just too many things. 
there's too many things that that jiggle when I run. My boobs are too big. The reality is my boobs are too big. <laughs> And it hurts me to wear a sports bra and I, um, I'm ho- hypermobile. So mm-hmm. when I, when I hit impacts, it's not good on my joints and I've spent too much of my life in the pool without, <laughs> without the impact of land. And yeah. so I'm not a runner, but no, so I can say like, there's some things that maybe I am not as strong at, but I feel like I've been really intentional about picking the things that are really important. Like I have, I'm very strong in my back. I'm really mm-hmm. strong in my posture. I'm, I'm feeling my, my, I, I have this intentional plan with my pelvic floor at this stage of actually I'm doing some jumping work and some trampoline mm-hmm. work to give the feedback to my pelvic floor to have that fast impact of that right. fast reaction time for a cough and a sneeze. So like, if you never ask those muscles to do it, where use it or lose it, they won't do it. So I'm right. I'm like being creative instead of going, Oh, I can't do that. I'm very much like, Hmm, what do I need to be able to do that? Right. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's such a good question. I think everybody listening should really ponder that one because, um, if you want to be able to do that thing in a few years, then you have to start thinking about how you're going to start approaching that now. Yeah. Um, muscles if respond. You, no if, you don't want, if you don't want some, if you don't want to have the hunchback of Notre Dame posture, right. then maybe be proactive. And I think that word proactive that you, you pushed out there last year, yeah. really, really um, was good for me, you know, hmm. to think about, yeah, I'm not going to just be reactive to what's going on in the world. Right. I'm going to be proactive about how I'm, what role I'm going to play in my body and in the people that I have the privilege to influence. Right. You know. So, what would you? Um, so, okay, let's let's do a let's do a quick rundown. Okay. Let's look at your workout week. Can you share okay. with us like what you've been doing? Yeah. So no judgments um, because everybody works out at different levels. People think I do a ton of stuff and I don't. Yeah. Some, some weeks are better than others. Right. I'm in one of those not so good weeks myself. I'm like, if I get every other day this week for 15 minutes, that will be good for me this week. Oh, that's great. That's great work. And that is like, right. That is enough. I'm all about consistency. Right. Um, So, so what's interesting is like, even when I was heavier and stressing out a lot. I was swimming seven days a week. Hmm. Um, and I was swimming a lot. Like in COVID, I, I had the luxury of having, well, not the luxury. I had the blessing of having two memberships at two different pools and they were both open at different times. And I, that was what kept me sane. So I swam hmm. a lot. Um, but that, I wouldn't say that I was as strong as I am now swimming a little bit less. Um, so I consistently swim Monday, um, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday morning. Those are my Monday. I I swim for about an hour, um, in the morning. I have a couple swim partners that I swim with and we do, um, we do workouts and we race and, and I used to be on a team, but that team, um, kind of dismantled a little bit during COVID Mm -hmm. and I can't get back to that training time. So this, we took a bunch of people from that team and we all now meet and swim. So I swim an hour. It's about 3000 yards, um, three days or four days a week in the mornings. Um, I work my whole work schedule around it. Um, I 
also do bands. Um, and I would say I do like exercise things, bands, stretchy bands, the body elastic bands that I yeah. connect to the anchor to the door. And mm-hmm. I do kind of postural stuff with those. I probably yeah. do three to five minutes every day. Like I have them hanging on in um, hard to ignore places. Yeah. Um, and it feels really good. Um, and then I would say, um, I would say I do. I, I typically do what we call, what we refer to at the tummy team as fitness minutes where I do like maybe, you know, like 20 squats or, um, a couple of, um, kettlebell swings or mm-hmm. a couple of kind of overhead weights. I have weights upstairs by my TV and I have weights downstairs by my TV and I have those therabands in the drawers of my kitchen. So when I pull out a pot holder and I'm waiting for something, I do a couple things. So Oh, that's clever. I yeah, I sprinkle um little posture checks and little things into my day more often than I do like a 20-minute workout. So I would say that on on my off swimming days, I'm usually in e sessions most of the day, and I work out with almost every one of my clients. I do the exercises mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Um, yeah and then, counts. yeah, it really, it, it all counts. Everything counts. Um, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then, you know, sometimes on my swim days, I'll also do some weight training. I've been really intentional this year about adding weights, heavy, not, I don't do heavy, heavy weights. The heaviest I do is I do a little bit of 15 pounds but I mostly do eight pounders, um, five pounders. And then I do lots of, um, lots of little ones because I like to work all my little muscles. So I don't know if that really, you know, I sometimes will go for a walk. I'll sometimes go for a bike ride, but I mostly swim. And then I do haphazard resistance training to make, to make my, my body feel good. Yeah. That's what I do. That's a good week. I think the only thing missing is the heavy weight. You got to get yourself a green Gertie. Yeah. She's like, no. (laughs) Okay. What if I told you though, what if I told you though, that if you were to sprinkle Uh a 40 or 50 pound kettlebell, your face, your face right now. Oh my gosh. I really wish. I had a screenshot. Okay, because put that in a corner and pick that up a few times and then yeah. do the rest of your stuff. I'm not kidding. It'll make a difference because your body responds to that kind of load. And you know this. I'm preaching to the fire yeah. here. No, but no. It's, funny well, it's how- good for me to hear because we don't always treat ourselves the same. And I tend to do higher reps, right. lower weights. Which is um, awesome. But then I also do like I feel like fifteen pounds is pretty good for me. Um, I I tend to do fifteen pound kind of like overhead. Yeah, yes. I don't do my kettle. My there's two of them, so it's thirty pounds yeah. oh, overhead yeah. stuff and tricep stuff and bicep stuff. Um, but I do really short intervals of those. Yeah. So like okay. I'm just, I, since I'm asking you questions, would you like my quick input on that? Yes, tell me, give it to me. Uh, So I always tell people, okay, whatever the weight is of your heaviest dumbbell, multiply that by two plus five or 10. 
to get the amount of your kettlebell. So if you're doing 15 in each hand, pushing over. Do I know the weight of my kettlebell? That I have one kettlebell and it's 10 pounds and I love it. It's so light. But you just said you do 15 in each hand overhead, right? Not with kettlebells, with just regular right. hands. Yeah. Okay. So, but so kettlebell, you, there is some overhead stuff. I don't do green gurdy overhead. Green gurdy for anybody listening is my 60 pound green kettlebell that I named. Started a whole fad. So Kelly, yeah. you get a big I kettlebell. I have a yellow one. I don't even know what I want to call her. Daisy. Cause she's there so you go. Daisy. Daisy. Um, I go up, change hands, come down, go up, change hands, Ooh, come coordination. down. Um, yeah. I do a lot of cross body stuff. I do a lot of stuff to yeah. get my upper body, lower body together. Yeah. Um, and then what I like to do because I don't jump, um, I like to do a little bit of jumping. Like I will do some mm -hmm. arm work and then I'll stop and I'll do some some jumps. Just right. you know, jump, stop, jump, stop jump, stop, and then I'll go back to my arms. I like to go from upper body to lower body, upper body to lower body, because I feel like it um, gives you a full body workout. Up, gets yep. your heart rate up a little bit. Um, yeah. And I also, and I don't know if this is scientifically sound or not, but I don't, I feel like cardio stuff, I feel like people get caught up in like, I need to keep my heart rate up for this amount of time. Right. But when I swim, we do a lot of like, we do a fast thing and then we do a recovery. We do a fast thing, we do a recovery. And that recovery. So it's like intervals. Yeah. That recovery makes that faster, better quality and faster. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what, what we always register in swimming is how not just how high your heart rate gets up, but how long it takes it to get back to to your, your recovery level, not your baseline, not swimming level, but your recovery level. And it's your, it's your heart recovery that mm. is showing your cardiac, like your cardiac strength. So mm. I don't do yeah. these long bursts of cardio. I'm not, I'm a sprinter, not a distance swimmer anyway. So when I says do, the lady who does an hour of swimming four times a week, I don't do much cardio. Well, I don't do, um, I, I'm not a distance <laughs> swimmer, so I don't do like right. a hard, you know, 400 thousand yards sounds like a bit distance. Well, that is, but, um, but we do like, we do the interval training. So we do like sets of a hundred, which is four yeah. lanes or sets of fifties. Uh, you know, I might do a couple sets of 200. Like we did a 400 pull today, but we mostly did eight 100s and then eight fifties. I'd be good for a 25. But yeah, I can't race walk. So there we go. You know, See, and this speaks to this speaks to how everybody you find your groove and you find what you love. So like I'm a competitive race walker. And right now I'm only walking like that once a week because it can that it can beat your body up and the weather is crappy right now. Um, So I don't want to walk on narrow roads where it's pouring down rain and I have to light myself up like a Christmas tree. Right, at it's pitch black at 3.30. <laughs> Yeah, no thanks. It's just not my cup of tea. So once a week is good. Didn't happen. Fair weather right. walker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like cardio, how are we defining cardio? How about we just call cardio a blend of continuous movements, even if you take a few breaks for 15 or 20 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say one of the things that I have, it's been, been like a recurring theme with a lot of my clients is really teaching people the benefits of rest and recovery in oh, their yeah. overall performance. And, oh, yeah. and that means, and performance by performance, I mean, your ability to take care of your family <laughs> without mm -hmm. pain, you right. know, or 
you, you know, or your ability to do whatever exercise you want to do, right? Like we underestimate the necessity for rest and recovery. And therefore it leads to that mentality of powering through. And Mm -hmm. I have to say that I have been guilty of that in a lot of areas of my life, not just I I feel like I'm pretty wise with not wanting to hurt myself in swimming. Um, But in other areas of my life, I won't always, you know, I'll just keep going and keep going instead of going and taking that nap. My husband's great about, he's like, if he needs a nap, he goes and takes a nap, you know? Um, And I just like, what are you doing? But I realize if I go and lay down or if I go and go for just like a little bit of a walk, or if I do a couple of yoga moves, Mm -hmm then I can come back and perform whatever that performing looks like yeah, at a much better level. And so that is something that I've learned at this age that I am not going to underestimate the power of the recovery um, to help would me you say, better. Would you say that you need more recovery now that you're 10 years older than when you were in your forties? Um. I think, I don't know if I need more recovery or if I need better timed recovery. Hmm. I need to listen sooner and respond sooner to my need for recovery. That's an interesting point because like, do you really need more recovery or have you always needed this much recovery and you're just now really acknowledging your need for it and tapping into it? I now listen to my body and recognize maybe the consequences of not listening to my body were not as severe as they are now. (laughs) Mm. Or also, I have learned what's worth it and what's not. What's really important, I would actually rather be able to have a conversation with my teenager, an emotional conversation, which is exhausting to me, uh, emotional conversation with my teenager. And if I'm physically exhausted, that's not going to be able to happen. And right right now, in my season of parenting with an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old, I need to be on my game with being emotionally present. Mm -hmm. And so allowing my body to get the physical exercise it needs and the physical rest it needs allows me to be more emotionally present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that connects with what you said about if somebody has a different opinion on that and they think that you just need to be go, 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 and you just need to always work out and then also be always present for your kids and also be always volunteering and also always working and making money and doing all the things, which people live in a lie. And it's, know that that's not actually, nobody does that. Right. Nobody does. I, no, we can't. This is I definitely something that I've learned is, you know, as women in some, in some ways we got this, what we thought was this empowering messaging that we can do anything we want. We can do it all. You know, we Mm. can work and we can have a family and we can, you know, cook home cooked meals and we can, um, you know, (laughs) drive the car, the carpool and we can do it all. All the field trips. Yeah. We can do it all. We, and, and we often have the opportunity to do it all, but I am here to tell you, nobody can do it all well. So Mm. I have learned what is the best use of me as a resource? There are some things that doesn't matter if I have all the energy in the world, I'm not going to be good at that thing. So let's not waste my energy trying to do that. Let's right. I'm not going to get in the pool and you're not going to go race walking. No, I'm the slowest walker ever. I am the <laughs> slowest 
walker ever. I, when we go on hikes, I don't hike with people because it's embarrassing. Um, I unless unless they're bringing their toddler because I can walk at <laughs> the toddler's pace. Your toddler I'll keep up with the toddler. We'll look at the leaves and the moss and the and I won't walk at a two year old pace. And I am okay with that because I am enjoying the journey, not the destination, the journey. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I just had to learn oh, yes. that about myself. And I think that mm. I think that you you start to prior, prioritize and you get some perspective. You start to realize how much energy you spent doing things that you don't actually love. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and I just feel like I'm at a stage where what are the things I love most? Mm. And I am going to channel my energy into those things. Yep. So if you had a couple minutes with a woman in a lovely coffee shop with your favorite beverage. What would you yeah. say to her? If she was somebody that is like, okay, I'm turning 52 and wow, you got it. All, you got more figured out than me. Like if you could really dial it down mm. as a person who's not quote unquote, a fitness person, right? Mm -hmm. I see you. You're an athlete total athlete. Um, but like you used to tell me all the time, Beth, I, I'm not, I am not, I don't teach fitness. I'm not a fitness person. And yet you've created many workouts for fit to be. They're all amazing. Right. Right. And I just, I them. just launched a fitness course, but what I've, but that makes you approachable to the woman yes. who's like, I don't even know where to start and I'm 50 and I'm just getting going. What should I do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think, I think it's important for everybody to slow down and um, create some goals. You know, I think that we can um, be wash, you know, like live like jellyfish, just getting blown around by whatever wave comes. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that we need to throw some roots down. You know, one of the things I say is like, Oh no, we're not meant to be jellyfish. We're actually Oak trees that have deep roots mm -hmm. so that we have big branches and our branches can move. You know, and they go through seasons, but we need to be that solid. We have to dig some roots. So I think that. I love that. I think that you have to really slow down and think about where, not what goal do you want to make, but where do you want, where do you want to be that you're not? Like mentally, emotionally, physically, where do you want to be two years from now, three years from now? Give yourself a good timeline. Mm -hmm. And then what would it take? What's what would it take to backtrack from that to now? And what mm -hmm. are some small things like what are some short term goals that you could do? What are some long term goals that where you want to be? It's not it's not a dress size. It's not a weight. It's not a it's not even like I used to think it was like, oh, I want to be able to swim a 50 fly you know, under 30 seconds before I turned 50. And that was my goal. That was my goal to, to do a 50 fly under 30 seconds before I turned 50. Um, well, COVID happened and we couldn't do any swim meets. I didn't get to go to nationals. I haven't raced for a long time. I'm not going to hit that goal. I'm not yeah. going to hit that goal. Um, so, so like some things life happens, but like, yeah, I'm still yeah. swimming beautiful butterfly at 50 no pain. That's what matters. Right. And, and I like it. I enjoy it. And, and so, you know, you kind of want to think about like, what, what is something that I want to do? And then 
and then set some goals and then meet with somebody, talk to somebody about Mm -hmm. it. Like I think having a community, having some accountability, having a cheerleader checking in on you, not as like a nag, but just like, you know, helping you not be your own sabotager. You know, I think one thing for me is sometimes I make public goals, um, you know, on my forum or um, in my, you know, tummy team world. And that holds me a little accountable, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, You know, and sometimes I make out loud goals to my girls. And that makes me accountable, you know? Yeah, saying it out loud to somebody. If I say my goal is to go to nationals, and, you know, everybody's like, is it nationals coming up? I thought you were going to go. I'm like, oh, I kind of didn't want to go, but okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> you know, like, so I think, I think you have to make goals. I think you can't just wait for life to happen. You have to be an, an intentional player in your own life. And right. it's never too late. I've been actually so inspired. I have I have a lot of um, older women and a lot of older men, um, so many 70 and 80 year old men that I work with on a regular basis that I am so inspired by. Um, so mean like as clients? As clients. I do mm-hmm. e- regular e-sessions. I, I would say the, I have like some ongoing clients that I see kind of bi-weekly or monthly and they're all my um they're all my 70 and 80 year old men (laughs) uh, but you know what they they are I mean I have some other people that I see on a regular basis but but they um they have goals and they have they and and they're meaningful goals you know and and they hit roadblocks and they fall and they hurt themselves and we work on you know getting getting back up and getting moving forward Mm -hmm. and I just feel like that's inspiring it's like you know no no goal is too little if it's something that means something to you right now you uh mentioned that you gained weight during 2020 I think we all you know I I know I had the quarantine 15 going on oh I I had COVID-19 19 19 pounds. And that was like, uh, I was already at my heaviest when mm-hmm. I gained that 19 pounds. So, oh. so, but not, now you're not, no. you've actually leaned up. Like I saw you the other day and I was like, Whoa. yeah. Look at that. So what did you do? People always oh. want to know what the story is. I know. I know. And we're actually going to have a whole podcast. Me and Miranda are going to have a okay, whole podcast. Okay. Well, don't give away at all, but in fitness I won't give it all, all away. But it's hard, especially since I've released two, I haven't talked about it at all um, in the tummy team world. Mm. And, um, but it's hard for people to, that are, it's hard to miss when you see some of the new courses that I have put out and I am significantly leaner. I definitely, I am. Yes. I've lost um, almost 50 pounds in this last year. Wow. That's awesome. It's craziness. That's, it's craziness. And 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 I know you did it in healthy ways. Like I know you weren't over there starving yourself. My goal initially was, uh, my goal was to change, first was to change, to focus on shifting my body composition to increasing mm-hmm. muscle mass. Because yes. I felt like I needed to increase as much muscle mass as I could going into menopause, you know, mm-hmm. getting as much 
muscle. We talk about in the perimenopause course. Losing muscle, right? Right. You know? Yeah. And it's so huge. that was that was my goal. And and I've never been somebody that um I, I love food. Um, I, I've never been a dieter and I, I've never even been somebody that really weighs themselves. Like I stand on the scale backwards mm. when I'm pregnant because <laughs> I have always weighed a lot. Even when I was, even when I was younger, I've always weighed a lot because I have a lot of muscle. I have mm-hmm. heavy bones. Oh. I always weighed yeah. more than everybody. Even when I was in college and I swam, um, for, co- in, you know, in a, a division one and they did like a body fat test. I was something like 13 or 14% body fat. And I still weighed more than almost everybody on my team. Yeah, Muscle weighs more. Right. So I've always been a little, like, I, I can't look at the scale. I don't worry about that. Um, but I did step on the scale and I, um, I was well over 200 pounds hmm. and I was like, and I had just kind of gone through that like um, proactive menopause course, and I was like, "This isn't gonna get better. <laughs> you know, this is this is only gonna get worse if something doesn't change." But like most people, I feel like overwhelmed with like all the there's so much weird advice out there. Oh um, yeah, and there's so many different things, and it's like, and I. I, I, my husband did keto for a while and I tried that and I, I'm sorry. I just love bread. I love yeah, bread. And, and women going through perimenopause and menopause need whole grains okay, or our good. adrenals will crash. Cause so I really love bread. Let's just put um, that out there. Yeah. Good. That's a good thing to hear. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about it more on another bod- podcast. Okay. Well, really- we can leave them hanging. We can leave them okay, hanging. We'll leave them hanging. We'll leave them hanging now. We'll tell you what what I did and, and how I, I love it. did it. But it's been it's been. Um, I can say this. I think the easiest thing I've told people, and I believe this is honest, is I've changed my relationship with food. Yeah. Um, which I still love food, so I I don't hate it. I love food. Um, but I've changed my relationship with food, and my body is so much happier. And yes. I now weigh less than I did when I was got pregnant with my middle child, who's 18. I weigh what I weighed at my wedding. Look at you. It's crazy. Look at you. Yeah, it's craziness. So, um, but anyway, it's possible. And, and, you know, I don't talk about, I don't talk about um, weight because I'm not a yeah. nutritionist and well, I and you and I are not we've never not, been like it's not, all about body weight you got to lose those pounds that's no, never how you sold never been about the aesthetics never how and, I self it to be and I I also feel like um you know I I truly believe you can be strong at any weight and I was yes. strong even even when I was overweight I was strong I didn't have pain I was swimming seven days a week um right. And and it wasn't about everybody's like, oh, you swim so much. That's why you, how you did this. I was like, no, nope, because I was swimming seven days a week and I was over 200 pounds. So um, that mm-hmm. was not. And you I think I heard this from you. You gain strength in the gym and you lose weight in the kitchen. Yep. Um, and and that's really, you know, and, and I, I don't feel like I'm an expert on that, but I definitely am willing to share what I've done and give people the resources, because I think that. One thing that a lot of my clients will say is I feel so much stronger 
but I really wish the outside matched what the inside feels like. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, and, and it really does go back to things like nutrition and rest, which circles back to what we talked yeah. about earlier, because that can be a big player too. Hydration, rest, nutrition, recovery, taking care, like listening truly to your taking body, care of yourselves. Listening to your body um, and understanding what your body is saying to you and what it's not saying to you. Because sometimes your body lies to you a little bit. <laughs> um, it lies like a rug. It lies. It says you're hungry when you're, you're really not. bored. <laughs> It yeah. says you're hungry when you're really just happy. It says you're hungry. Like I'm Italian. I always say we eat for everything. We eat when we're happy. We eat when we're sad. <laughs> we eat when we're when we're um, tired. The original <laughs> emotional eaters are the Italians. Yes. And we like to feed everybody else too. So, you know, you know that. Can't come to my no, house without me feeding. I do. I love your food. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I might not join you in your swimming. I'll join you in your food, though. My eating? Oh, good. I love to eat people. It's one of my favorite things. Well, this has been great. I know we need to wrap up. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, I wanted to just say thank you to you for being my friend. And um, you give you. me... You give me a different perspective of myself sometimes that I need to see. You know, I think sometimes we can be our our hardest critic and I feel like mm -hmm. you are always my cheerleader and defender and my you get upset about things that I <laughs> I'm not even upset about but you're upset I on do. my behalf. I'm like they said what about Kelly let's go it's on <laughs> and I'm like I don't really care what they said and you're like I care um, but it's, it's been good it's been good to be on this journey with you for so long that um, not just, you know, business wise, but our families and our, you know, our journeys in with our as as mothers and our journeys as friends and women and just, you know, kind of mm -hmm. we've 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 gone through a lot of different things alongside of each other. And I appreciate that. And I I really wish everybody. I feel like one of the best things that women can have is other women friends. And I know that that's hard for a lot of women. Especially but right now. It, and, and, all, and always, I think sometimes it can just be so yeah. hard, but I think that if we can focus on the things that we're more alike and instead of mm -hmm. the things that we're, are different, I think that it can be, yes. and not that we can't talk, there's a lot of things that we don't agree on that we can have, you know, really healthy conversations about. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, but I think it's just valuable to have, um, a truth speaking friend in your life that can tell you the truth and, and can be honest with you about stuff. And I appreciate that about you. So thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, I think that was good. That went by so fast. It always does. Um, well, hopefully you guys got a little insight into, um, my brain and what it, what it looks like or what it could look like. It's going to be different for everybody, but what turning 50 isn't scary. It's no. not scary. It's it's like you said. It's a okay. new beginning. It's a new phase, and um, and I'm owning it. You know, I'm gonna own it. Thank you for breaking the cobwebs ahead of me. <laughs> going like you know when you go on the walk and the hike, and you, uh -huh. I'm the one with the stick knocking down all the spider webs. Right. 
Wait, no, actually, you're back with the toddler. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. I am with the toddler. <laughs> if you want to go real slow, I'll be with you. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And we have a couple more um, in this series um, that are coming up. One will be talking a little bit more about uh, the weight loss and some other things that I've learned along the way with that about food and about my body and all of that. And then I also have a really fun podcast coming up with my daughter where she asks me a bunch of questions about motherhood and all kinds of things and getting a little inside scoop of what it's like with me between me and my daughter. So that'll be fun for everybody here too. So that's all coming up soon. So keep posted um, on the new podcast that'll be launched. Now, if you want to know more about what we do at the Tummy Team, check out our website. We have tons of resources and we want to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.